Okay, today is December 16th, 2019, and we have Pedro Goes, our special guest. Hey, Thank guys. you for coming. Thank you. It's an honor to, to be here. So, Pedro, tell me about your background. Um, so, my background, I'm originally from Brazil. I moved to L.A. when I was 14, so that was 2013. It's going to be seven years in January. Um, you know, I barely knew the language when I first came here. I went to, started going freshman in Beverly Hills High School. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very tough learning experience for me because I, all I knew how to say was pretty much, hey, how are you? That was it. So, you know, learning the new language, adapting to the new culture. And, you know, at the same time, my parents moved and, you know, I transitioned from a period where I depended on my parents to, the, you know, completely the opposite where they depend on me right for a lot of activities because they moved here at an older age which is a lot harder for them to to adapt and Mm -hmm. also learn the language so you know it was this stepping stones and learning the new language and adapting trying to fit in you know because I was only 14 and going to high school where there's a lot of pressure you know dealing with insecurities and all that eventually um, I graduated I went to Santa Monica College. Um, you know, my goal was to study business. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I knew I knew that I, you know, wanted to be in, in business, but I, I wasn't sure what space to go into, whether, you know, it was to go to startup or work corporate. My dad has a background in stock market, so he's worked in the stock market for 32 years back in Brazil. So, you know, that could be a route that I could take, but I wasn't sure. Uh, but as I said before, when we were speaking, uh, when I was 17, I had the opportunity to work at a call center where I was helping people that, you know, weren't understood along that. And when I started seeing, you know, because even if you file for bankruptcy, you won't get off. That's so, right. That's right. Uh, there's no escape from it unless you, you die. Right. Um, but that's not an option. And. I just saw lives were ruined for for that, you know, and my parents couldn't afford to pay for a four-year education, especially if I wanted to go, you know, to a school like USC. No, I couldn't pay international fees at $70,000 yeah, right. right. yeah. a year, and I wasn't going to take private loans out for yeah, that, right, or federal right. student loans, because yeah. I knew that, you know, I started learning when I was young and trying to put every decision under an investment perspective. Mm-hmm. And it made no sense to me to attend four years, you know, paying seventy thousand dollars, and then go get a job in a corporate world, start at sixty thousand dollars a year. Right, it doesn't when, make sense. When I have a loan at you know seven percent interest a year on a thirty-year term, right, and that's gonna double by the time I pay it off, and you know I still have living expenses like you know I have a car to get to work, I have rent. You know, if I'm starting trying to start a business, investing into that business, and it made no sense. I I knew that I wouldn't be able to go to sleep at night knowing that I have that much debt. Right, you know? right. So, That's smart. So after two semesters at SMC, I, I didn't think school was the way for me. Um, I got an opportunity to work for uh, a friend, um, my brother's friend in the you know the short-term rental industry. And that's when I started getting into real estate. You know, I had read, but I never had any experience in, you know, working with my hands. So 
I became his operations manager for his portfolio here in LA. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It was about, um, I would say about 25 properties in total. One of them was a 15 unit building in Torrance. So you know, it was a really hard for me to adapt, kind of gain the experience and understand because I was only 18 years old at the time. So, you know, it was just a um, learning experience for me, mm -hmm, but it mm -hmm. got me to the point that I am now. Uh, the connections with people um, and I realized that's when I realized that business is really about relationships yeah right so, so what are you currently doing so you know I I have my my short-term rental business okay. uh, which uh, for those that don't know you know I have two business models within that business which the first one is if I find a landlord uh, who owns a property, I can rent out the property from them and put it up on platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com. And other ways I could partner up with the owner mm -hmm. and I could manage his, his you know, property. Uh, instead of putting a, a long-term tenant there, we're gonna do uh, what it's called the vacation home or short-term rental unit or property, depending if it's single family home or a multi-family building. And um, that would just increase the cash flow that the property would generate if, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. if you run the numbers correctly and you know how to advertise and maintain the occupancy rate high, right? But that's the goal. That's, you know, what I have most expertise, but what I just started getting into that I'm starting with a partner of mine is what's called real estate wholesaling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So... For those that don't know, what does that actually mean? You know, it's it's a way for me to go after motivated sellers. Um, so people that could be, you know, going under divorce, people that are behind on their taxes, people mm -hmm, that just mm -hmm. inherit a home, people, you know, all sort of uh, circumstances. People that, you know, ab absentee owners that mm -hmm. leave out of state, but they're tired of handling with their tenants or they got a vacant property that they don't want to pay property taxes because they're generating no income from it. So my goal is to market to those people and negotiate on a price that it makes sense mm -hmm. um, and put the house under contract and then what's called a flip of contract. Right? I'm, I'm assigning that contract over to an investor for a fee. So just to give a live example, let's say you know it's a, a single family home in a class C area of properties and it, it's a million dollar property. Um, and then a fix and flipper would pay, let's say the ARV, which is after repair value of that property is $1 million. An investor would only pay about 70% of that. Right. So it would be 700000 But let's say, you know, the property needs rehab and, you know, you get a general contractor to go there and you estimate it to be 100000 So that means that an investor would only pay 600000 for a property in those conditions. Me as a wholesaler, I know that an investor would pay that. What I would actually do is I would negotiate with the seller and try to get it for you know five hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what I would do in a live scenario is let's say you're the seller, I would come in and I would negotiate with you and I would sign a purchase and sale agreement with you, saying that I would pay you five hundred fifty thousand dollars for that property. What I then will do is. Um, I will put a contingency in the contract saying that I am able to sign this contract. So I'll find the investor that's looking to buy property under those conditions and I'll sign that contract over to him mm -hmm. for 600000 So now I paid five fifty to you, but the investor is going to pay me 600000 Do you do double closing or do you do separate closing? So 
there's two options that you mm -hmm. can do. Uh, you can either assignment of contract or double closing. Mm -hmm. Double closing is a little more complex, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't suggest if someone that's trying to get into it to do it right away because there's a lot more fees. You know, you're pa paying you know the first uh, closing fees with the seller, and then you're gonna pay the closing fees with the buyer that's gonna purchase the property from you. Uh, and a lot, you need to find a title company that's actually, you know, actually is aware and knows how to do double closing. It's not every title company that does it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they could really mess up a deal for you, especially yeah, right, if right. you're getting transaction funding for mm -hmm, that deal. If you mm -hmm. don't have the cash to purchase the property, and you know things don't go right, it can really, you know, it can be a headache for someone who's just starting out. But you can double close. Uh, but what I like to do mostly uh, is assignments. So mm -hmm, what I would mm -hmm. actually do, it's per very simple, just a purchase and sale agreement with the seller mm -hmm. and then an assignment contract with the investor mm -hmm. and submit both of those with the earnest money to the title or escrow company and uh, they deal with it. So mm -hmm. essentially at the closing date, I would just come in and grab my check for whatever fee that I assigned over to the investor. Mm -hmm. So the earnest money deposit is that coming from investor or where where is that coming from? Do so, you have to come up with your own earnest yeah, money? Deposit? So I mean, you you can negotiate right with the seller. You can put ten dollars up mm -hmm. to whatever amount you guys really uh, come to the conclusion. But essentially, my goal is always to put it. I I'll put an earnest money. Let's say a thousand dollars, and then when I go assign the contract to the buyer with the investor. I want to make sure he's committed. He's right, actually gonna, right. you know, perform on that deal. So what I'll do is I was, uh, you know, I'll make him sign a non-refundable deposit. So oh, okay. whatever that is, five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. So even if he doesn't, you know, flakes, and I have a thousand dollar deposit, I still made four thousand dollars in that mm -hmm. transaction mm -hmm. from the work that I've done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you're very young, but how did you come to learn? Well, well you. How did you, what made you decide to go in this direction? Um, so, I mean, honestly, when I was acting as a manager in short-term rentals, it was a very, like, daily job, like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. not kind of a, like a nine-to-five. And when I transitioned to actually um, doing the transactions myself, instead of working for someone who did that, mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. now... You know acting the same um kind of i was doing the same exact thing as that person so i was you know going in networking with owners and pitching oh, them on on you know me renting out the property from them and doing the business model once that's completed once you have the property furnished and you have your softwares that are constantly running trying to get people to book your place mm -hmm. it becomes very automated right so it doesn't require a lot of your time into the business mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of it becomes like a passive income and I wanted to create more active income, meaning I worked for my money instead of uh, my money working for me. Um, just because, you know, you, once you understand how much you can generate an income, that, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. um, with wholesaling, it's different, right? I'm making money per deal that I close, but it's my hunger and my expertise that's going to define how many deals I can do in a mm -hmm. month. Right? How do you find the motivated sellers? So there's a lot of ways, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you've seen bended signs with people saying right, we buy right, houses right. cash, you know, that's a more traditional way. Um, there's people who do, you know, they have a website and they do pay-per-click, 
which mm-hmm. is uh, Google advertising. Um, mm-hmm. But those are more kind of um, people that are ready, you know, motivated. They will see that and they will already call you. But if you want to call, do more outbound leads, you can purchase leads, uh, mm-hmm. lists. So you can purchase list of people that are tax delinquent, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. people that are in pre foreclosure. Um, you know, there's so many lease absentee owners, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. free uh, home equity. So people that own the home free and clear. Uh, so those are better deals because, you know, if you're dealing with someone who has very little equity in the deal, um, sometimes they owe so much more than the property's worth mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for you to do a sale. So you're going to have to try to short sale with the bank uh, mm-hmm, and try mm-hmm. to negotiate. But then that's a whole nother yeah that's Beast different itself. right right sometimes you don't, you can you won't be able to wholesale that because a lot of times you need to pay their cash mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes banks want you to hold the property for you know 90 days before actually moving title to someone else's name so I, i'm not so familiar with that so i can't speak from experience i've never done deals like that um, but yeah there's you know there's so many another way that i'm starting to try out is facebook advertising for mm-hmm, to finding mm-hmm. motivated sellers um, I heard that that's effective. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've my, a f- good friend of mine. He has a marketing agency, so you know the power of Facebook over the internet is mm-hmm. in, you know, it's one of the biggest platforms in terms of for advertising. Um, you know, when when I'm talking Facebook, it's both Facebook and Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. So whenever you're advertising from the platform. You can choose the placement, so oh, your ad can go oh, on both Facebook it. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would, I'm gonna start advertising on both of those platforms. Do you call yourself, or do you have virtual um, assistants? So them? I haven't gotten to the point that I, I'm, I'm scaling that out to mm-hmm. to virtual assistants. Uh, probably in the beginning of the new year, I'll start doing that. Mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. by February, but again, since this is such a new business model that I'm getting into. I think it's my duty to kind of learn the ins and outs mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and give my best on understanding the business model so that once I go hire someone, I can make sure that they, they're they doing the job correctly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of me just, um, you know, um, putting money on some, you know, betting on someone that right. I have no clue if they're good or not. Right. So just kind of getting more experience because I'm very new in the field. I understand a lot of in terms of mm-hmm. how the, the business model functions. Um, but I don't have much experience in terms of talking to sellers uh, that are motivated. Uh, I just started doing this in the last few months. So for sure, I'm going to eventually hire out. Another thing is accent. I don't want to outsource it to, let's say, the Philippines unless, you know, someone has a very American accent. Because, I, I heard that they do. Yeah, a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny, one of my general contractors is from the Philippines and he owned, owned a um, call center there. So mm-hmm. that's probably gonna be my connection to, in order to get to uh, outsource that part of the business to there. But I still, let's say if I was to outsource the cold callers, uh, mm-hmm. if that's one of my sources of uh, lead generation, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll still have them just as an opening cold caller and I'll still have like a, you know, a junior acquisition manager who would be actually closing those leads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because uh, just from experience, you know, it needs to be someone who has knowledge in the field, right? Because those people would only be using a script, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know much about real estate, especially because they wouldn't be here on, you know, physically understanding the market. Uh, 
but uh, my goal is eventually to get cold callers that are opening up and qualifying those leads to mm -hmm, see if they're mm -hmm. actually motivated sellers. And then the ones that are motivated, uh, passing that information on to my acquisitions manager mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. acquisitions manager will be the actual closing, uh, closing the, you know, the client uh, signing all the paperwork. And then I will move into um, kind of like a disposition uh, uh, part where I'm actually, uh, you know, advertising those deals to investors. Right, right, and right. And just kind of uh, closing out the, the end of the exit route of the, the transaction. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations or advice to give to my listeners if they want to start yeah. what you're doing? Um, I would say just education, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of people, there's a lot of gurus out there selling all this, you know, how to flip with no experience, no money, no credit, no nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'm not saying like you don't need much experience to start in the field for sure. I mean, any of these things can be, you can acquire knowledge through YouTube or mm -hmm. you can read mm -hmm. books. You know, there's great books. There's a book that I've read that's a wholesaling Bible. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. which kind of goes through, oh, you know, how, how to find cash buyers, mm -hmm. how to advertise to mm -hmm. uh, uh, motivated sellers, how to negotiate with motivated sellers and all mm -hmm. these things. Because mm -hmm. a lot of part of, uh, a huge part of this business is sales, right? Understanding how to, how to help these motivated sellers because a lot of them are in such, um, in such tough situations that right. they kind of forget especially with uh, uh foreclosures mm -hmm, sometimes because mm -hmm. people don't know but uh foreclosure there's there's steps right there's pre yeah, pre foreclosure right. that's when you know the the tenant or the homeowner the tenant the homeowner actually stops making payments on the on that mortgage and there's pre foreclosure which is actually when the bank is going to files for foreclosure mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then there's a period before he gets to uh, auction mm -hmm. and once he gets to auction uh, after you know no, no investor attends that auction and they actually purchase the property from mm -hmm. uh, you'll go become a, a real estate owned property right so the bank will foreclosure so now you're gonna if you go on Zillow for example and mm -hmm. it says properties that are being sold in foreclosure those properties are actually owned per, by the bank right mm -hmm. uh, so it's complicated because a lot of motivated sellers they'll reach out to you when right before auction and mm -hmm. if you aren't able to close the deal within yeah, that time right, frame right. it's you won't be able to so I my advice would be to you know kind of understand how to how to how to do the business model and just take action because a lot of things for me uh, for example is i tend to focus so much on knowledge sometimes mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. i don't take action mm -hmm. and you know I, th I think we can all do that yeah but and try to have sometimes i try to be a perfectionist trying to know everything oh uh, yeah and, yeah um, right a lot of times it's like there's every, it doesn't matter what you go and do there's a level of uncertainty involved mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you won't be able to get rid of that doesn't matter how much knowledge in the, in right. the business right. you have uh, so it's just about understanding step one then going taking action learning from that and understanding step two going take action so don't feel like you need to know you know the whole dictionary before actually getting mm -hmm. started that's so, good that's important yeah. advice how can my listeners get a hold of you where so, do, how can they reach um, you I mean they can reach my Instagram is Pedro MB goes 
Okay, is uh, that M as in? Yeah, M as in mom, mm-hmm. B is a brother, mm-hmm. and B goes uh, G O E S mm-hmm. Pedro P E D R O, or I mean, if they if they really uh, want to connect, as I said, you know, for mm-hmm. me, uh, what I've learned from you know one of my favorite books, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, uh, it's you know success equals the people you meet plus uh-huh. what you guys did uh-huh. together. So. Um, they can even call me on my personal phone number. It's 424-343-3405. Can you repeat the phone number, please? 424-343-3405. Well, thank you for having this conversation with us. I really thank appreciate you. your time. Thank you.